You're listening to the Anime Brothers Podcast. My name is Maddie, and I am ever joined by the ever-delightful Earthworm. I'm like a cupcake with frosting and sprinkles. <laughs> <laughs> That's the most delightful thing I could think of. I didn't. I, I ever delightful was the first thing that came to my mind. So I guess that's my sincere feelings about you. That me. That means a lot. I uh, I go around my day to day, um, just being a total prick to people. So knowing <laughs> that my the people I care about see me as a delight, I think I'm I'm I think I'm living life right. I feel like you know you kind of just maybe it's just because I don't see you like on a just like once a week now so you know maybe it's just I'm going like I bet Earthworm's having some mighty fun adventures just being nice to people and oh, then you're absolutely just absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, we got yeah. off on a great beginning, and speaking of great beginnings, that's what we're going to be talking about today with our best beginnings in anime episode. Look at that! I got a I got a guy who can do segues with me now. This is great. Oh, sharing! I just I feel. <laughs> So the share and the love. Uh, JD who? Who needs <laughs> him? He's out of here. <laughs> you're just going to be like, that's my just nasty ex. Let's not talk about them anymore. And you're just cozy enough to be like, what movie are you watching now, babe? Yeah. <laughs> As I'm just slowly creeping their Insta, like, mm, I miss them a little bit, though. <laughs> <laughs> but you're also like, let's take a cute little selfie so I can post it and accidentally tag JD in it. Mm. Yeah, I'm having so much fun with my new co-host. Oh, my God. I didn't know a co-host could be treated this way. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I certainly would never do the same thing. I mean, like, Audrey, I, I don't know who that is. <laughs> <laughs> Audrey never heard of her. <laughs> Audrey, maybe she should have watched some more anime, am I right, fellow gamers? <laughs> <laughs> no, we love our previous co-hosts, but uh, yeah, as Matt said, we, we're starting a new beginning. Uh, it's the same old Anime Brothers podcast with a, with a fresh new face, uh, so we're talking about the best beginnings in anime, anime that uh, had a first few episodes, maybe a first episode specifically, that really fucking hooked us, dragged us down into the depths of weebdom. And maybe potentially spit us out halfway through because it was like, oh, wow, this never mind. I just want to watch the first three episodes again. Yeah, absolutely. There are like four on my list where I said these first three episodes were the best part of the show. The rest was pr pretty, pretty crappy. So, yeah, definitely. That's the discussion point, because I definitely would put four of these anime. If they made it on my top 10 list, I would be like, yep, I've brought shame and dishonor onto all my ancestors. So, <laughs> so it goes. As the wind blows. <laughs> As the wind blows, so shall I disappoint another family member. <laughs> well, uh, speaking of disappointing family members, uh, what have you been doing lately, Mr. Earthworm? Uh, well, disappointing family members. You got that right, buddy. Um, <laughs> no, I've, uh, as far as like weeb shit goes, uh, I have been delving a little bit more into Sailor Moon. I've watched, uh, yeah, I've definitely taken it slow. I'm not mm. in any rush to, to watch or finish Sailor Moon. It's uh, it's a comfy show. I think yeah. you've told me that before. It's one of your comfort shows. Uh, and I get that. I, I you know, having I, I many an afternoon, many an evenings. I will have my uh, what I call my my mid afternoon stress about work, even though it's too late to do anything about it. Mm -hmm. So it's nice to be able to put on something like Sailor Moon where it's just a comfy show and I get to watch these Sailor Scouts beat the shit out of some ugly looking bad guys. And I don't have to think too much about it, and I feel like a little girl being hugged by her father. And that, that feels good. That's a good feeling. 
Yeah, no, Sailor Moon is definitely a show where it's kind of low stakes, honestly, because you know that there's just going to be a power up and then they're going to essentially win for the first majority of the uh, the kind of the not filler fights, but, you know, the episode like the fight of the week uh, episodes. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, it's very low stakes. If you miss a good chunk of it, you know, you're you're kind of there for a little bit of the vaporwave aesthetics, you know, the the jazz hop, whatever, you know, the, you know, the aesthetics. Yeah, absolutely and the it, jazz hop or whatever you want to call it that ost kicks ass um mm-hmm. i i love it it's so i i fucking spliced it into the last episode when i was talking about it because i'm just enthralled with the ooh sailor moon it's just so cool i love it i finally have met two more sailor scouts we have uh we have sailor mercury and sailor mars now uh and i don't know if this is a hot take or not uh I've only had her for a couple episodes uh, in my life, but I think Sailor Mars is far and away my favorite. Like she's a uh, uh, fucking, she's intense, and I like it. Am I an asshole for saying that? You can't be salvaged. I don't associate with Sailor Mars fans. This podcast is over. Oh, fuck. Well, okay, like all right. Is it the is it the it, it contentious relationship with her and Usagi? That's the problem. What's I just what's don't my like issue? Sailor Mars. Sailor Mars has <laughs> always feel like she's up her own asshole, and I don't like it. I just like the fact that, like, again, no, I'm not hating on Usagi or uh, Ami, is it, uh, Sailor Mercury? Yeah. I'm not hating on either of them, but I appreciate somebody, like, maybe it's my dumb shonen caveman brain. I mm-hmm. really appreciate somebody coming in and being like, let's just do the fucking thing. Let's yeah. just fucking do the thing. <laughs> so maybe it's just a breath of fresh air. Um, but yeah, I think Sailor Mars is my favorite out of the three so far. Okay, well, you know, respectful. You haven't seen Jupiter or Venus. Those are my personal inner favorites. All right, so, all right. So. I'm excited. I'm excited. I know, um, uh, what's the Uranus and the other one? The, the, the lovers ne- or whatever? Neptune. Neptune. Yeah, I'm excited to see, like, what the hell, what that's all about. I've heard them praised. Like, I've got, I've got a long way to go. I'm hyped. I kind of hope that if you get to a point where you're like, hey, Matt, can we talk about this? We can. Because I love talking about Sailor Moon. It's kind of one of those shows that, was uh, and I think I've told this story on my podcast before that I liked the show as a kid, but my dad was like, "That's going to turn you gay," and yep. so I had my to, dad like, would have it. said a very similar thing. I'm exactly. sure if I watched it, less kind words though. I'm sure. Um, so I, I really it was like my, my secret watch show. So I have like this long history with it. So if you get to a point where you're just like, "Hey, I've watched 24 episodes. Do you want to talk about it, Matt?" I'll be like, "Hell yeah, hell yeah, yeah." Dude, I, uh, I, I would love to. I would love to get people, because I want, I want to talk to people who have the experience that you have, who kind of grew up watching Sailor Moon and maybe had it ripped away from them because they were the quote-unquote wrong gender or whatever, mm-hmm. and talk to people who have had it their entire lives because I, I didn't get to experience any of it. It was the dumb girl show when I was a kid, and I pushed it away. And right. now, finally indulging myself... I, I would have fucking loved it. I would have been the little gay boy. My dad said, don't do... He used to say, please don't do that to your father when I'd paint my nails in high school. Oh and I was like, God. what do you mean? Stop. Oh, my gosh. You, it sounds like you and I basically had the same dad because I did the same thing. And he, he, they, I basically got the same response. Like, why would, you, why would you do this to me? I'm like, I'm not doing anything to you. Yeah. <laughs> He'd ask me. He's like, are you gay? And I'm like, if I was... And what, what's the point? He's like, don't do that to your father. I'm like, what do you mean, <laughs> dude? What the fuck do you mean by that? <laughs> no, uh, but so, yeah, Sailor Moon is a really great show. I really do hate that it's kind of like you've got to be like you've got to be this girly to enter, which is unfair to Sailor Moon because Sailor Moon kicks ass 
And I hate that it's got like not a stigma towards it, but like people think that you've got to be you've got to fit this pigeonhole of what a Sailor Moon Sailor Moon wow Sailor Moon <laughs> watcher should be because it, it I think it should definitely be something for all every single person every single person can probably get something out of Sailor Moon that's just my humble opinion on the matter I couldn't agree more I do have to throw one complaint out there and it's maybe this is why boys shouldn't watch Sailor Moon because. <laughs> I'm a fucking science nerd, space nerd, like space nerd more so than science nerd. I like the idea of space more than I like the numbers. But wait, why? We have Sailor Mars with fire powers and Sailor Mercury with like water ice powers. We got to flip those. We have to flip those. Okay. Mercury, very hot. Mars, very cold. I'm not trying to shit on. I can never remember the manga's name. Uh, I'm not trying to shit on her. It's a wonderful story, but the space nerd in me is just like, that's wrong. That's wrong. So we're working on that, slowly but surely. Uh, Naoko Tak Takuchi, I believe, is her name. Okay. I th was going to say Rumiko Takahashi, and I'm like, that's not right. That's <laughs> not would, right. You would have given me like a heart attack on the second episode. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I know who that is, and it's not the very similar name, though. I don't feel as bad now. I'm surprised you don't know her name, because she's uh, Togashi's uh, wife and all that. It's one of the, I've heard the name a million times will not stick in my fucking brain for some reason. Mm, fair enough. I get that. Absolutely. It's also kind of like your like our Western brain going like that's a lot of vowels chilling out next to each other. I don't like that. <laughs> that's scary. That's, yeah, that's what a... I don't understand it. And it's scary to me. <laughs> what do you mean? They're all pronounced the same way. <laughs> uh, other than Sailor Moon, though. I have been watching another anime much more intensely. I have been Hell watching yeah. Freerun, uh, Beyond Journey's End. Hell yeah. Fucking amazing. Oh my god. Like, I I, <laughs> uh, I want to find somebody who, who's like, I hate Moe, and show him this and be like, you like Moe, don't you, Squidward? <laughs> it's the art style that kills you, dear. This is beautiful. Oh, gosh. What is this? That ED. Oh, I can't skip that ED. Oh. The OP is beautiful, too. I don't oh, know. Too. So as somebody who grew up in kind of the alternative, like post-hardcore scene, am I wrong to say that that OP is just like uh, a, that's just like a metalcore song with synth? Yeah, definitely that's Evanescence adjacent. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, this isn't Asking Alexandria song if you just don't. <laughs> it, replace the guitars with a fucking piano, and that's what we got here. <laughs> I mean, you know what? You're not even wrong. I can't, I don't even have like a counter argument for that. Because that's really what it is. Yeah. And that's like something that Japanese music does all the time. It takes the structure of fucking music genres that I love and adds a fucking horn section. And I'm like, mm. what? I didn't know we needed this, but I'm glad you did it. Yeah, I think um, I recently got into just like exploring all sounds or whatever the website is called, where they just have all the genres ever made just in a big long list. I've never heard and of that. That sounds really cool. I think you get a lot out of it. because I it's would. Kind of I love subgenres. <laughs> Well, I think that subgenre is actually called like J Pixie or something like that. Oh, okay. Yeah, it, it's got a name. It's cool. It's cool. That's pretty fucking cool. Um, mm -hmm. but yeah, uh, o OP and ED aside, Free Ren is a beautiful show. I think not to give too much away. I feel like we're both completely ready to review it once the final episode drops. Because I'm gonna, I'm eventually, I'm ten episodes in right now. I'm gonna start watching more. I'm gonna be caught up soon. This is actually a show I might watch week to week, which is really weird for me to say. Uh, so, yeah, if, if y'all are looking for an anime to watch that's new and hot and that you can talk to your friends about, 
I couldn't recommend Free Run more. It's beautiful. It's awesome. Absolutely. It's an anime you could show your friends who don't watch anime. Yeah. Yeah. It's like we got um we got to like to the two main characters are both women and have what 10 episodes in they have yet to be even remotely sexualized and it's Mm -hmm. a fantasy anime i'm like oh man we're really breaking barriers here (laughs) nobody got isekai look what we can do we can just straight take the take our fantasy straight without some some dude just going like i'm actually the prodigy of the high school i come from and you know (laughs) not that there's anything wrong with that i mean i'm still stand over here uh standing eminence in shadow but absolutely the frayron just plays it straight and it's all the better for it yeah, I think you're you're the at first like real life person that wasn't a post on Reddit or something that truly recommended it to me. And I mm. I had to ask you, I'm like, is it an isekai? And when you said just plain Jane fantasy, I was like, I have no reason not to watch this now. Let's fucking run it. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you did, because I, I this show really is it's 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 an absolute banger. Yeah, 100 percent. But I think that's I'm, I'm going to leave my thoughts for when the whole thing's finished. And we can really sink our teeth into it. That's enough about me. I don't want to talk about myself anymore. Matt, what do you got going on, pal? So I'm still kind of in my cyberpunk kick. I've been playing that kind of religiously. And that's really cool and all. I've been doing the basic same things. The big, big first big plot twist thing happened and that devastated me. But I don't want to talk too much about video games. Because I've actually also been on my anime, uh, on my anime kicking, uh, kicking sphere. If that makes any sense. Anyways, so I actually watched, I've been watching three shows this week. I have been catching up on Freyrun, so I'm in the same boat. I'm almost there. I'm on like episode 16 and loving the show. think it's great. If it's, even if it somehow manages to absolutely just shit the bed at the end, like, I don't know, Freyrun goes like something like, hey, let's go play Yahtzee or something for like the last five episodes. I'd still be like, damn, that was really great. I'd fuck with the Yahtzee arc. That's, they could give me a Yahtzee <laughs> arc and the- I'd be invested at this point. I fuck with the Yahtzee saga. <laughs> yeah, so I actually have been doing this thing where I've been going through my my anime list, and because I have this problem with like watching one episode of an anime, adding it to my anime list, and being just leaving it there and never coming back to it. So I've been going through my anime list and basically finishing shows, or just giving them another chance and being like, "Yeah, you're not worthy." But I have through that finished two anime this week. One is Zom One Hundred Bucket List of the Dead which was when it first came out like in I think summer everybody was hyping it up to me saying like this is going to be the shit this is going to be amazing the first episode came out and everybody said look at this animation it's great wonderful 10 out of 10 we love it and I finished it I and I don't know if this is a hot take or not if it is then I'm sorry get a get some oven mitts for this I don't think Zom 100 is that impressive do you think it had kind of Skipping ahead to the topic here, do you think it was had a justified hot start? Do you understand why everybody bought into it? Or even in the beginning, you were like, I don't know. Uh, see, the first episode was visually stunning. It's very colorful. They basically substitute their blood with like colorful splatters. Really great choices all around as far as just the, the color design and stuff like that goes. And the characters are likable I, to a degree. But yeah, I think that first episode had a lot of people just up in arms for this show. Like they got really hyped on that first episode. So I think it had a great beginning, but it didn't really go into any like territory that I was I hadn't seen before, you know, like. Sure. I don't I don't like zombie stories, but I find myself watching and consuming a lot of them. If if you have that kind of thing happen to you, I'm sorry. But it's just, you know, like you don't really like zombies, but zombies are just there. And you're like, well, it's it's zombies. I might as well give it a chance. But Zom 100 didn't really impress me that much. 
I, I didn't regret my time with it, though. I, I It was a fun show, but I didn't think it was transcending the best, like being the best thing ever. To be uh, fair, after the uh, after the uh, break or whatever, I I heard almost nobody talking about Zom One Hundred, and that I don't know if that's just indi- indicative of the break or if that's because like it wasn't really worth coming back to. Yeah, I I recall like the last three episodes came up after the break, and the last three episodes are basically just the finale arc for that season. Okay, and but it's nothing original. It's just I'm me. I'm evil because society made me evil. Grr, and Stop being evil. You should have not been evil. Grr. And it's just, yeah, okay. And now there's a fire everywhere because zombies are involved. Yeah, neato burrito, I guess. So I didn't really think it was impressive. Or I didn't enjoy it. Or didn't think it was... I think it was impressive on a visual scale. But I wasn't impressed with it myself. Fair. But that's just one anime. Another one I ended up binging through my week was 16-Bit Sensation, Another Layer. I loved this anime. But I think... I don't know if it's really approachable for a lot of people. Basically, it's this about this girl who's really into like those um, visual novel games, but she likes pretty girl visual novel games, like not wholesome wise, but just pretty girls involved in them. Okay. And she gets warped back in time to the 1990s at the peak of sort of this uh, genre explosion. And she works on making games with these people. And then she goes back into the future and then back in the past. And it's just really she's a really cute main character. She's adorable. I, I, I think peak character design for me is anytime an anime character has the back of their hair colored a different color than the rest of their hair. I don't know why that's peak to me, but <laughs> okay. it is. Hey, dude, I, I dig it, man. So it was a fun watch. I really enjoyed it. And I, but I, I do like playing those games every now and then. So I guess kind of getting a little bit of the information about how they used to make them was kind of a big draw for me because they basically have episodes where they're like, this is how we do this. We take the line art, we grayscale it and scan it. And then after we grayscale it and scan it, then you have to color it all with your mouse. And it's just, oh, Jesus, that looks stupid hard. Yeah, that sounds torturous. It, 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 lo- it, it has to have been. I mean, like the people who did that had to just love what they were doing or had no other option either way. So it was a fun watch. Not anything I think I'll like in like 10 years if we're still doing this and you go, hey, do you remember 16-bit? Uh, sensation I'll say uh, what do you mean by that <laughs> those shows are nice though like yeah. I, uh, the, the show that comes to mind with that like what you said is uh, my senpai is annoying mm-hmm. like it doesn't live in my brain it, it doesn't come up often but I had such a blast watching it like it was so fun and cute um, that yeah every time if someone brings it up I'll be like oh yeah that was a really cute show I liked it I'll probably watch the second season if it ever comes out but it's not it's I don't have a fucking plaque of it in my room Absolutely. This is kind of what 16-bit sensation was for me. It was a fun watch, and I couldn't get enough of it when I was watching it, but it's not going to you know, live in my head for forevermore. It's just going to be something I watched, and maybe if they make like a sequel or something, I'll come back to it, but it's not a high priority. It's not a I-need-to-go-and-read-this-manga-online priority thing. It's just a, that was cute. Anyways, that's basically been my big anime for this week, catching up on Freyra and... 16-bit sensation in Zom. I, I'm, I'm really hoping to cull more of these anime off my um, watching list because there's so many that I just literally just got one episode in and said, yeah, I'm going to watch this and then never more. 
I've got a few, but it's it's not one episode. It's more like we watched like 12 and then did something uh, along the lines of a seasonal review. And I never went back to it because we didn't need to for the review. <laughs> um, like Blue Lock. I really I liked Blue Lock. I had a great time watching it. 12 episodes. And I was like, that's enough Blue Lock for me forever. <laughs> um, so I may, maybe I will follow in your footsteps and start uh, start chopping off some of those uh, some of those on hold anime. Yeah. I feel like you definitely kind of need to do that every now and then because there are so many just on my list. Like Hell's Paradise. I really liked the first three episodes of Hell's Paradise. Never came back to it. Dude, if you know, uh, if, if in my opinion means anything, if you liked the first three episodes, then the rest of it's actually like so much fucking better because I thought the first three episodes was like really bad. Really? Yeah, too edgy for me. Maybe, maybe, but it was just like this guy's a ninja and no conventional weapon or he can kill him. How cool is that? My brother gave me a tattoo. You want to see it? <laughs> I like edgy shit. I like unnecessary edgy shit. Like, if there ever just comes up a week and you're like, hey, can you give me an anime to watch the super edgy? I'll be like, I got you, fam. Magical girl site. Let's go. Okay, I think we, we've talked about the edgy Magical Girl shows before, and I was like, this one's so bad, and you're like, this sounds like right up my alley. Yeah, what was it, Magical Girl Raising Project? And yes. I ended up watching it going like, damn, this is edgy. <laughs> it really was. <laughs> it really was, but it was right up my alley. <laughs> well, hey, no, no shame, my brother, no shame, as long as you can admit, admit that you like the edge. Just don't forget to take your sunglasses off when you go to Grandma's house for dinner. Uh, but... Do I, can I, do I, have, can I still wear my black trench coat and my, my, uh, Ramstein, uh, shirt when I go to see grandma? You can wear the Ramstein shirt, but you have to take the trench coat off at the dinner table. Okay. I think it's Ramstein. I don't know anything about German industrial music. <laughs> We're not German. If you're listening from Germany, join the discord. Let us know how bad we are at pronouncing your language. You won't be the first time. I, all I know is Ich bin ein, and there you go. And guten tag. There you go. I'm practically <laughs> fluent. <laughs> all right. Well, if that's all you got, that's all I got. Let's uh, let's move on to the main topic. Hell yeah. Okay, so I'm glad this is a, this discussion topic was brought up by uh, Mr. Worm over here, and it was a great discussion topic because when he said it to me, I was like, yeah, that's really interesting because so many anime in the modern day anime sphere, or, I love using the word sphere, I don't know if you've noticed this, dear listener, but you in are the, on, you're on the right podcast, dude. That's, <laughs> our, that's a word over here. <laughs> But in the modern day anime kind of industry, you know, you got to hook them in in the first three episodes or otherwise they'll drop it. Because now it's kind of like since you've got so much anime out there, you got to get them early or you run the risk of them not giving a shit. So I feel like a lot of modern day anime kind of have to hook you immediately before the anime process. And I think this stems back to my discussion about Jujutsu Kaisen and maybe my, my problems. It, you, just to get a fucking manga in Shonen Jump to go more than fucking 10 volumes, you need to hook people with a, a Jujutsu Kaisen, with a Chainsaw Man-like first, vol first volume, first chapter. Like, I said 10 volumes. That's a lot. I meant 10 chapters. Y'all know <laughs> what I mean. To get to continue, to continue to publish in Shonen Jump, you have to... You, you can't meander like you could have in the 2000s. The big... The big three of, of 2001 will never be 
again because those though you're just going to find the chopping block too quickly yeah absolutely the first three i mean like you cannot tell me that if naruto came out today and it did that land of waves bullshit that people would still be interested in it I don't think Naruto could get away with its first episode now. Um, and that's, I mean, I actually liked, I thought Naruto's first episode was really good and it, oh, and it, it did is. a lot to like show who Naruto was and stuff. But I don't think you could have something so trivial happen now and call that like a start. You need, you need Denji eating a fucking demon alive. Um, that was the head of the Yakuza. That's, that's where you have to start now. Yeah, but that's true because all those old Shonen, the big three, kind of had that slow start too. And that would never fly today. Like Ichigo running around town, beating various hollows without having a big major overarching plot, like, you know, a big bad to rally behind. That could never happen today. Nowadays, it feels like you do kind of have to hit the ground and just run as fast as you can. Otherwise, people aren't going to care. And that, that transcends into anime too. And it's kind of unfortunate because now we've got a lot of front loaded anime where you've got a good bit of great stuff in the first half, or the first six episodes, and then it kind of falters to a meandering arc. And when I compiled my list, I have a couple that are like that, a couple of, an or I'd say a couple, like three or four, that are anime that are really front-loaded in those first few episodes to get you hooked, and then the rest of it is kind of just, uh, okay, so the story goes on, and here we are, and now the story's completely different, and I am slowly getting on the get-I-don't-give-a-fuck bus. <laughs> Um, you said you compiled a list of eight entries, and I kind of matched that because I just had six, and I was like, well, I don't want, I don't want him to think that I'm not trying. Everything that you said about your list, mine is almost not that, um, and it kind <laughs> of flies in the face of us like talking about modern anime, because a lot of my list is not modern. Um, but I, I kind of went through, and I tried to make objective ish kind of judgments to where it's like this this is a good fucking first few episodes this is a good first episode some of them are like that others are for more of a personal reason mm -hmm. i don't have as many that i think kind of really meandered halfway through but i think that's just a i think that's more indicative of our watching habits up until now yeah and I think that that's also a good point of view for you too to like say that these are shows that stuck with me in my beginning in the beginning, and then you know there was kind of the start of a good show. Meanwhile, the stuff I put on here, and that's not to say that everything on my list is just you know like this anime sucked in the end because some of these shows I really did like, and one of them I I think has one of the most important beginnings of any anime ever, and I can't wait to kind of talk about it because I know you like this show too. Hell um, yeah! So if you want to go ahead, you could. Uh, lead in with your first one and we'll do a back and forth thing kind of like uh usual all right yeah cool um i am going to start out with probably my most sentimental pick uh i am gonna i am gonna say that soul eater had a really good beginning huh yeah and this is again very sentimental but in high school we had an anime club that i would kind of pop into every now and then depending on uh, like who i was hanging around with or whatever how much they liked anime and I considered myself a very, very selective anime fan. And that was with the, without the knowledge that anime was more than Battle Shonen. Like, mm -hmm. when I said selective, I was selective about my Shonen Jump anime. So that, mm -hmm. that tells you all you need to know. Yeah. But stopped in. They had the first three, four episodes of Soul Eater play. And I was fucking hooked. I was yeah. absolutely hooked. Um, I, I loved the characters. I thought it was really cool. Like the school setting definitely overplayed uh, when you look at the grand scheme of anime. But mm -hmm. 
but I think the the Soul Eater kind of school setting, maybe I'm willing to say it stands above some of the others. I think it's fun. I think it's worth having these kids in a school and having them each the little groups of you know the meisters and their weapons, having them each get their own kind of episode to showcase what they can do and kind of what they're all about. Did a wonderful job of giving you an idea of like these are their main character points. These are the things you need to know about them to understand their character. Mm-hmm. And and it I think it did it really well. Well, like having a first three episodes and this might speak more to my lack of anime knowledge, but I felt the stakes were fairly well played, you know? They were fairly yeah. high even though it's the first three episodes like uh, I remember uh Death the Kid, he's, I think his first battle was in the pyramid, or one of his first battles was mm. in the pyramid against the fucking, the, the old pharaoh dude. And for a minute there, I was like, damn, this kid's done. He, he's freaking out about his hair. It's over. <laughs> so I, I personally think Soul Eater, while the ending, and I'd even say the middle, kind of got a little lost uh, in the ending of the anime, was just like, we got to wrap this shit up. Let's just stuff a stuff a a bunch of courage into a punch i don't know they'll buy it fuck you (laughs) i I truly do think the beginning even up to when you find um oh the non-binary kid uh core it's not corona corona Corona. yes up until when you find corona i think uh and even corona's story like the first 10 to 20 episodes of soul eater are bangers but if you want to bring it back i'd say the first three that give you the showcase of the main characters are just done so well. Studio mm-hmm. Bones popping off. It, it's beautiful. I think Soul Eater... I think Soul Eater is due for a reboot. Let's get the ending right. Let's make this an anime that people like to talk about again. Yeah, it's kind of criminal if they haven't made a reboot. Or maybe Bones is just like, we're the My Hero Academia studio now. And they very well might be. Mob Psycho's over. We have one child now. <laughs> and it's the child that keeps on giving strokes Deku's head... Like a loving, like a loving parent. Thank you, Deku. <laughs> <laughs> Pulls out Whip Bandai Namco sitting in the corner crying. <laughs> okay, that's a good one though because I, I get what you're I get what you're saying exactly because the first three episodes giving you an introduction to like your main characters like Black Star and Maka and Soul. Really good stuff. I love the Maka and Soul first episode. That one is hilarious. It's great. It's great. A, an amazing first episode. My next one, because I kind of have my list fluffed filled with shows that started off great and then turned into shit along the way. Okay. Uh, my first one is The God of High School from 2020. Now, I don't know. You've obviously seen The God of High School. And you and I were kind of talking about this before the podcast, like how great those first episodes were. Oh, they were really good. The choreography was great. You were, you were giving me a new MMA fan uh, or somebody who is like, likes martial arts to a certain degree you're like all right now this guy knows tai chi and i know what you're thinking but watch him kick ass i'm like yeah this is fucking awesome it was it was so great and the fights were it was the fights were going fast you always got one they were funny there was a lot of humor mixed in a lot of great stuff in those first three episodes then it just went so fast in the good way and then it turns out that it was just gonna stay fast through the <laughs> entire show and that's not great but those first three episodes i remember it was and this was a, an episode that I ended up trying to do for my thing um, about the, the decline of mouse scores. And when 
The God of High School came out. It had like an 8.4, 8.3. People were hyped on those first episodes, but then it just went down and down. Like Fallout Boy was over there going like, damn, they going down, down in a way earlier round than we were playing for. <laughs> and uh, th those first episodes had us all hooked. I remember everybody was just hyped on God of High School because those episodes were so great. It was such a great fight sequence. Loved it. Loved those first episodes, especially when the first fight where the fight between Gene and Dawe or whatever his name was happened because the stakes were raised. It was friend fighting friend. We didn't have to wait like 60 episodes for the tournament arc to begin where people, friends are fighting friends. Great stuff. And then it just kept going at a blazing speed and we didn't understand what was happening. Everybody was a little bit confused. We were, uh, you know, out of nowhere, we were in the parking lot at the uh, Kmart doing whippets. It was it was rough. And then 12 episodes in, we were in heaven. Yeah. Not <laughs> dead, we, but in heaven. And then suddenly we were Goku. And I said, were we Goku all along? Or did we just suddenly realize we were Goku? I don't know. Maybe the, maybe the friends were the Sun, Wong, Sun Ku Wong we made along the way. I don't know. I don't know. What are we doing here? <laughs> maybe the real journey to the West was the emotional ride that we took by confessing our feelings about things. I don't know. It was a great first start. It's unfortunate that it ended that way and that, you know, MAPPA didn't get 24 episodes. But hey, maybe if they had been given 24 episodes, they would have kind of slowed things down and we wouldn't have, I wouldn't be so hyped on those first three episodes. Who knows? It's a good pick, though. I'm, I'm right there with you, though. It, it had such a hot start, especially for me, a new shonen, bright-eyed, bushy-tailed boy. I was like, this is what the future of anime is. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it even got me. It even got me. It got me hooked. I said, I want to see more fighting on my desk right now. And hey, they gave it. They just didn't tell me why the fuck we were fighting. <laughs> but yeah, so that, that's my pick, God of High School. Cool, cool. My next entry is actually a movie. Ooh. And it's kind of topical to our earlier discussion about Freerun. Uh, it is the, the movie that bankrupted Madhouse for a little while. I'm talking about Redline. Oh. Matt, have you seen Redline? I actually haven't. Okay. Um, do you know anything about Redline? I, I do know, I know what Redline's about, and I've okay. seen clips of Redline in Sakuga compilations, but I... <laughs> I'm sure yeah, you have. Yeah, I'm I sure mean, you have. I have, I mean... So, for the uninitiated, Redline is essentially some fucking guy's idea of wacky races, but for adults, <laughs> um, and put into anime and given seven years production time and made to be quite possibly the most beautiful piece of animation I've ever seen. Uh, it's, it's fighting with Akira and Princess Mononoke in my head for, like, best animated movies. Neither here nor there. The beginning is fucking awesome. So, uh, the first scene is, like, uh, this desert landscape. You see the racetrack, and you kind of hear cars in the background, but it, it's not focusing on the race. It's focusing on the patrons of the race. You see a bunch of people just, like... Kind of like the scum of whatever planet we're on, just people doing drugs, you know, mafia heads, people fucking holding betting numbers in their hands by the fistful. And there's this kid dragging his dad through the crowd, like to the front. He's like, come on, dad, we got to hurry. They're going to be here. Come on, we got to go. And the dad, this dad doesn't say a word. He's just so stressed and is being dragged around and he's got his little fucking camera and they finally make it up to the front and the kid's like, dad, dad, here they come. And the dad pulls up the camera and gets ready to take a picture. And the cars just fucking fly by faster than anybody could hope to even see. And then just seeing the dad and the kids standing there 
everybody's dead silent for like three seconds and then the kid just screams yeah (laughs) and then it fucking focuses on the race and it goes right into the high octane badassness Mm -hmm. something about the quiet moment of the beginning of redline in a in a movie where you get so few quiet moments in my only complaint about redline is sometimes there's so much shit going on that you need to frame by frame it to see everything. Uh, but to have this quiet moment start out this high octane fucking anime and the, the, the kid and the dad scene is just a wonderful little thing. I thought, I think it, it uh, just not even, not even so much just like hooked me, but from a, a heady artistic standpoint, I'm like, fuck me. That's a great choice. No, I, I, I perfectly I perfectly understand that. Like you need quiet moments to make the loud moments even louder because you don't have any relative uh relative just thing to look at to say this is silence, then you don't know how loud loud actually is. Very much so. Yeah, yeah. That uh you get it, man. You get it. We're gonna I'm I, I'm gonna strap you down and make you watch Redline at some point because it's it's gonna be like the most intense hour and a half you've ever had, and you're gonna sit <laughs> back and go I, I think I liked it. I'm not sure what happened, but I'm pretty sure I liked it. I've never had someone say they're going to strap me down and it's going to be a very intense hour and a half of my life, but I'm ready for it. Just make sure we get a safe word agreed on. Absolutely not. Are you kidding? <laughs> okay. All right, then. Yeah, okay, but that's good. That's I get what you're saying with that. I don't have any movies on my list, but now I feel like I should. It's Dude, I, I thought I was playing fast and loose with the rules because i'm like well the beginning is like the first it, it's it's a it's a much bigger chunk than most of the other beginnings we're talking about but i think mm. it's hype yeah no i agree with you or i agree with you on the basis of what you say but i haven't seen it <laughs> sure well my next up is a fairly recent anime uh you know it's a little it's i'm gonna do that shit i always do it's a little known gym you might not have heard of it uh it's called uh chainsaw man Oh, are you praising Chainsaw Man? It's not something I expected. I do praise Chainsaw Man's first few, uh, first few, first few episodes. Okay. I I was a manga reader who came into the anime, and I the the first few episodes I was like, damn, this is pretty fucking hype, you know? Because I had to rewatch it because Kiri wanted to uh, my uh, my partner Kiri wanted to watch it, and I was like, oh, Chainsaw Man, all right, here we go. And I was like, you know what? I was harsh on you, Chainsaw Man, because you weren't like the manga. But if I was just looking at this and just saying, like, damn, seeing Denji start from, like, this grubby little shithead and just how miserable his life is where he's selling a testicle, and then you get that epic fight with all those zombies, it was immaculate. I was shook by how invested I got into that beginning, and especially when he, like, meets Aki and all that. And keep in mind, I know people shit on, like, the Chainsaw Man dub. I really like that dub. It's actually the only way I want to watch Chainsaw Man. I think the guy who does Denji, uh, whatever voice actor that is, is really bringing a lot to the character. I don't know if that's a hot opinion, but... So, watching those first episodes again, I was like, yeah, Chainsaw Man, I feel you. I feel what you're doing. I'm really invested in you now that I've got some space away from you. And I was, um, I was pretty thrilled. You know? I don't know how you, like... I don't know exactly how those first episodes made you feel, But it got me really wanting to just like watch Chainsaw Man again, even though I was really critical of it on that first go around. That's fair. Uh, As far as I go, I I understand like the I I get why people are like those first few episodes are hype. I dabbled in the manga. I probably read the first two volumes, I'm willing Mm -hmm. to say, Um, maybe less. 
but I, I definitely saw the the Denji become Chainsaw Man part. It didn't hook me when I read it in the manga. Hmm. It I I was already invested in like I'm gonna watch the anime, but I, I wouldn't say that it was like, yes, that's what Doug that's not what got me to love Chainsaw Man. For me, it's and this is an anime only thing, potentially I haven't gotten that far in the manga. It's the quiet moments in Chainsaw Man. Yeah. It's much, much like the quiet moments in Redline. The moment with Aki, uh, like halfway through, where he just makes coffee and smokes a cigarette on his deck in the morning. It's one of my favorite scenes in fucking anime. It's so calm and beautiful. That's what I love about Chainsaw Man. But I get you. And I'm not saying anybody's wrong for being like, watching Denji crawl his way out of a fucking demon or whatever the fuck it was, a horde of zombies becoming a cha- the, the chainsaw man and just ripping everybody apart. That's objectively cool. Simple yeah. as. Well, there's still quiet moments in that too. You mean like you've got the scene where he talks to Pochita when he's on his like deathbed and all that. And that's a really nice scene. It's a really nice scene to have when he finally busts out and he's loud and you've got that, that chainsaw sort of sound effect going with it. I feel like it balances in those first few episodes. That's just... Maybe that's just my perspective on it. But no, I absolutely agree. Those scenes like with Aki and all that are really amazing too. His um his doing a pour over in those scenes made me want to start doing pour overs and now that's the only way I drink my coffee. It made me want to pick smoking back up and that <laughs> I, I didn't, but I was thinking about it. <laughs> yeah, but Chainsaw Man's first few episodes, I really think um now that I've revisited them fairly recently, I was like, this is a really good start to an anime. Now that I don't think I still like the rest of it. Obviously, I had to put a hole because Kiri's kind of sensitive about violent anime. So, we, oh no, but, yeah, <laughs> yeah, so that's, that's she was, not a great one for her. She was like, "How did how did how could I have known that Chainsaw Man was going to be so violent?" I was like, "I just don't know. That's that's just cruel." <laughs> but no, uh, Chainsaw Man really did have a great start, and I uh, maybe I didn't like the rest of it as much. I'll have the time to think about it when I get back to those points. But still, that first, those first few episodes, really great. Great beginning to an anime. Yeah, 100%. Mm-hmm. All right, my next entry is a little-known anime. Okay. <laughs> no, this is an absolute fight. This is a fucking juggernaut that I think carried its weight the entire way through. Uh, but it's Gurren Lagann. Really? Really. Uh, okay. Gurren Lagann, I, so this is maybe more of a first episode thing. It might even be just a single fucking scene that I really like. But when they finally burst out of the underground and they have the panoramic of fucking Lagan spinning with the three members in it and everybody, mm-hmm. like two of them are seeing the outside for the first time and the wonder and amazement and just, I've never seen a desolate landscape be painted so beautifully, you know? Yeah. Can I, can I tell you something real quick? For sure, yeah. So, um, obviously, uh, just so people who are listening to this now, I've been trying to remat, sort of put the old Anime Brothers episodes on YouTube's and I, on YouTube, and I made this like clip show of anime that's at the start of the to like lead into the episode, and I had that scene in that in that lineup, but for some reason Premiere Pro did not want to export the the video with that scene, so I had to take it out, and that makes me really mad because that scene is just like you're saying, it's really beautiful, and it is such a the light swirling around them as they're like you know, through the sky, loved that visual. Oh, yeah. And that's why I wanted it in there, but I couldn't put it in there because Premiere Pro was like, I'll kill myself if you put that, if you put that clip in there. That's such so. a, that speaks so much to like how 
how fucking technical that scene is though if you got all this like new anime in there uh you've shown me the the previews and stuff and i'm like you got fucking anime that was released like last year Mm. and then it's like Gurren Lagann 2007 we're trying to add and Premiere Pro's like that's the one that I just can't fucking figure out. <laughs> Absolutely and it's so infuriating every single other one it's just like yeah that's cool yeah just I don't know this this show's got black bars around it we're fine with that but that scene is like you said it's a great beginning. I was surprised because that I didn't think of it. That's where my surprise came from. Yeah um no it's just and I think it because I, if I remember back to the first time I started Gurren Lagann, I think I was kind of like, no, I wasn't hooked, you know, for the whole time when they're down in underground and it's just like, what, the first 10, 15 minutes is just kind of like Simone and Kamina being dipshits until you find Lagan and stuff underground. Mm. It it wasn't immediately like, you're fucking mine now, buddy, and this is going to be your favorite anime for all time. But mm. as soon as they burst out and it was that, sense of wonder and to know that like there is a world out there that we can explore and there are secrets we can uncover about what happened here which i am an absolute slut for you give me ancient (laughs) oh you give me ancient civilization style stuff where it's like fucking before the dawn of time people used to live here and then people went it's i will fucking i will sop that up off a dirty floor bring me to the arby's bathroom and i will give me a straw baby because that's my shit (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and yeah, for it to go from that scene, all that wonderment to really, I think through all the goofiness, if Gurren Lagann gave me one thing, it's it it followed through on the some shit happened in the past and there's a lot of mystery behind it. And it's a fun and intriguing mystery. Like mm. it, it gave me that in spades. OK, that's a good that's a good that's a good good pick. Really good pick. So everybody can take a drink now that I mentioned Gurren Lagann on the list. <laughs> Well, it's funny. It's funny. This actually leads into my next entry. It's not Gurren Lagann, but it is Kill la Kill. Okay. Hell yeah. I like See, that. Yeah. See, I... While you're talking about how a world can be built up with Gurren Lagann and this whole ancient civilization stuff, Kill la Kill in its first episodes establishes with such a ridiculous premise of fighting clothes for... Fighting clothes fight each other in those first few episodes, it establishes the school. It establishes what Ryo, uh, Ryoko can do. It, it gives you everything. And it's so fast. And it's so, like, it never becomes an absolute info dump, you know? Like a hard info dump. Like, we got an episode of, like, this is how the, the, the fibers work. You need to kind of write this down because there will be a test later. It kind of just has some of those action scenes. Like, when she finally encounters Satsuki and she declares that she's going to beat the shit out of her. and then. You know, it, it it keeps going. It keeps going and going and gets you invested all the while still saying like, hey, this is kind of what we're dealing with as far as this world. And one of my favorite, um, actually the very first scene of the first episode is one of my favorite, one of my favorite scenes in all of anime. It's when uh, basically, I can't remember the big dude's name uh, right now off the top of my head, but the big guy, you know, the big man. He's one of, like, the school board guys. It's been a long time. I've only watched, like, the first five episodes of Kill la Kill. I was far too early in my anime journey to watch Kill la Kill. Uh, I think it's Gamaguri. Yeah, Gamaguri, I think. So he's basically, like, conf- like he has to, like, squeeze. He does, like, classic trigger animation or where he just, like, squeezes in. And he's like, hey, <laughs> you're going to jail, son. 
and the kid like runs out to escape him and as he's running out you can see gamaguri like jumping out of the window laughing like it's just such a passive shot of him diving through the window and it's so funny and i i love kill a kill's star it hooked me pretty recent like it hooked me fairly um fairly quickly and i think it's a great um i do really think it starts off strong i think it does kind of the gurren logon approach where you know there's more to it, but we're already playing down the rules of how the school works. You see more of Ryoko, and you see her finally get um, ju uh, Junketsu and all that. Not Junketsu, is it Junketsu? I cannot. I'm like, this is the great start of the anime, but I can't remember. It's San Sinketsu, sorry. It's a great start. It's a great start. It doesn't over-explain. It doesn't over-explain. You get a lot of action. You get kind of like triggered, like basically does their thesis statement with these first few episodes. They're like, this is what this is going to be. Get used to it. Chloe's going to be fighting. There's going to be a lot of hot-blooded action. You get ready for it. This is Gurren Lagann 2.0, baby. Sit down and sit down. Turn that brain to, to power saver mode and let's go. I got to watch it. It's, it's one of my big regrets that I decided to start it too early because it turned me off so bad. I just, I was like, this is perverted. This is too much for me. I can't do this. The hallelujah comes up when you see the girl's panties. I think she's 14. I don't know how to process any of this. Yeah, absolutely. There are plenty of anime out there that if you just watch at the wrong time, like when you're not experienced enough of a level of anime dumb, then you're going to just plop right off, just bounce right off of them. And Kill a Kill is probably one of the biggest offenders of that, I feel like. Oh, yeah. And it's wild that it was in, like, Kill a Kill was on fucking Toonami, wasn't it? Like It was. Uh, you were just throwing this out to the mainstream and like, here, kids, have this. We know you haven't seen anime since Dragon Ball Z. How about some Kill a Kill? <laughs> Well, I mean, I get why though. I mean, it's it's a it's adult swim up the ass. It's like they fight with scissors. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of nudity. It's yeah. great stuff. Uh, people who are like who, people who watch Adult Swim who are like half baked at like midnight. Yeah, they're gonna eat this shit up. Yeah, I I gotta go back. It's I I I really gotta cross that one off my list because I love Imaishi. I like Trigger. Like I I love the every. It, I'm gonna love it. What am I doing to myself? Look at that. Another podcast episode lined up in the docket for eventually. Wow. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Uh, I have the, my next entry is the obligatory, it's the promised Neverland. Like, I, yeah. it, it had to be said. I, it had to be said by somebody. Uh, we can talk about the first season. We can talk about <laughs> the first episode. We're not going to talk about season two, because like, this is definitely... Your your parameters of shit the bed halfway through, I think this has it. This has mm -hmm. it all, baby. But just, like, the first episode of Promise Neverland. And I remember this, like, another one of the anime that broke out in the mainstream, granted seven years, whatever, after Kill a Kill was on Toonami, we had the Promise Neverland. I was getting fucking ads for it while being stoned at, at 12 a.m. watching fucking <laughs> <laughs> watching fucking Family Guy or something, you know? So I'm Rick, Rick, watching Rick and Morty thinking I'm smart, and it's like the promised Neverland at midnight at 12. It's like, oh, cool, cool. Um, <laughs> and I watched it, and I was like, all right, you know, because I got spoiled, obviously. Uh, I knew it wasn't going to be just, oh, happy kids farm on the farm with kids. They're orphans. They're going to get adopted. Yay. I knew it wasn't that. But I do think that the anime did a pretty fucking good job of even though I knew it wasn't that, I still wasn't like, well, now they're going to fuck me, right? Like, they all seem so happy. What are we doing here? When's, just give me the bad. Just give me the bad already. <laughs> and, and by the end of the episode, they did. And it was very, I mean, it was just very fucking intense. 
nothing crazy happened. It wasn't like a made in abyss moment where it's like, I can't believe that they just animated that sequence. But the tension that they were able to build in the Promised Neverland, especially in that first season, especially early on before you knew what I mean, you as the viewer had no fucking idea what was going on. All you knew is this poor little girl that everybody loved is now dead. Mm -hmm. And the kid's seen it. And now your mind's going probably as fast as theirs are. And that speaks to, I think, me being a thriller fan and the kind of, I think Promise Neverland at least dipped a toe into what we could call horror. You mm -hmm. know, it might, it, not crazy horror, but the tension that was built, like, that's, that's what horror really is. It's not big scary monsters ripping people apart in gore fest. It's building the tension of the big scary monster and the potential gore fest. And yeah, I mean, I was fucking hooked. Me and me and Kelly watched The Promised Neverland probably in like a, a two day stretch, which mm -hmm. I know for some people they're like, ah, oh, it took you two days, you fucking pussy. I'm like, Get, leave me alone. All right. All right. I got my own pace going on. But I, 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 I'm so upset that they that they fucking just absolutely lit that fucking cash cow on fire uh, in the second season. But we're just going to look back in the first season and think, wow, that was really good. Yeah, they they really did. They really did butcher your butcher your boy with that one. Yeah, I, it's so bad, in fact, that I made you think there was a tornado coming. <laughs> yes, it's like the domino effect. It's like the promised Neverland having a bad second season somehow made me look like a fool in front of all my coworkers. It's like it's a big <laughs> domino effect. <laughs> Thanks, Cloverworks. Thanks, Bastards. Cloverworks. You made me have a panic attack, Cloverworks. If you didn't oh. give me my dress-up darling a couple a year later, oh, I'd be mad right now. I'm still kind of mad. I really did think there was a tornado going on. <laughs> I'm still mad, but I'm hard, too, so I don't really know how to deal with this. I guess I'll just sit here. <laughs> uh, that's a good one. That's a great one. I have only seen, like, the first two episodes of Promise Neverland. So, uh, yeah, I can agree. That was a good beginning. No, okay, no shit. You are... I love it, man. Sometimes you just look at things and you're like, I will not get on that fucking bandwagon. Fuck you. Yeah, you can't. Well, I mean, like, everybody's like, the, you know, the ride is what matters important. But if, like, I'm riding a roller coaster and I get off on the, where it's like, to get off this ride, you've got to get kicked in the balls. I'm not going to ride the roller coaster, you know? <laughs> if at the end of it is me getting popped in my ghoulies, I am just going to say it's better to... Look at other people riding the ride and the ride it myself, and that's kind of what I have with the Promised Neverland. <laughs> sure, sure, you'll let other people experience it for you. I've already had people tell me how bad it is, so I, I, why, why do it? Why hurt myself? I cherish myself. Again, that first season, man, it's, uh, it's, you know, just forget the rest. It's, it's like another one of my anime. We just don't talk about the second season. Well, speaking of anime that we don't talk about, my next one uh, that I feel like had a really promising beginning is Mirai Nikki. Oh, all right. I'm I'm in. I'm actually I bought in. Let's go. Okay. Well, you know how the start of Mirai Nikki goes. You're introduced to this uh Yuki, Yuki who's just like a little 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 kid who's just like I just write on my journal and somehow God is talking to me. It's like, <laughs> why is God talking to you? What do you have, little man, that makes you so special? And he's like, there's going to be a fight with all these people who've got different journals and they're going to fight each other and if your journal gets, you know, destroyed, then you're you're fucked. 
and then you've got this crazy girl you know who's really cute for a character has a really cute character design and then she turns out she's crazy all these things are being loaded up you're excited you're thrilled we're really going places like the second or third episode has his you know his teacher come and try to kill him and it's a really intense it's really really intense because while you're like he's running and trying to escape you get he's like i turn the corner dead end and you're like oh how's he going to get out of it it's a really intense first few episodes it's a great start so much happens in Minaya Nikki in those first few episodes. Now, there is a, there, I think one of the first, like episode five or something, they go to like the pool. But, you know. Hey, we, hey, I'm not, I'm not on your vibe, man. Pool and beach episodes are a plus in my book. All right. <sighs> that was one of the better episodes of Mirai Nikki. Jesus. I guess we're just going to balance each other out then because they're negatives for me. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. If you want to be horny, just be horny. Don't. Don't take time away to be horny. Have your horny time integrated properly in your show like a man. Look, if my high school girlfriend lost her top in the fucking Lazy River, I'd stop at nothing. God. This is like, after my anime renaissance, after watching Steins Gate, this is like the second anime I watched. Dude, same. Oh my god. What is with Mirai Nikki getting young, fresh weebs? It really, it really does. It preys on them. It's like a, it's like a wild beast in the bush. It's such a nuanced premise, though. It's they've got to fight. There's a battle royale. They've got to fight each other. They've got journals that tell them different things. All the journals have different, you know, one's a picture book for another person. One is just a cell phone for another person. One. It's, it's so many things layered that are so neat. But then it gets super edgy. And you're like, or when you first watch it and you're first in the anime, I feel like a lot of people are kind of like, this is what I want. This I yeah. want edgy stuff. Oh, yeah. And Mirai and Nikki fulfills that. And those first episodes, really great, really great startup. We're fully invested. We don't know how big of a, a, a baby Yuki will turn out to be. And, you know, you know, we're like, yeah, she's not in middle school. She's at least like 19, right? That's fine. That's what we tell ourselves. That's what we tell ourselves. And that's what I'll say at my defense when the trial, when I finally <laughs> get sent to my trial. But, yeah, I feel like Mirai and Nikki really starts off strong. And it hooks so many people in. But then it just kind of flippy floppy is about. But it's still, I, I feel like it gets a little bit too much hate. I still, sol solid 7 out of 10 show for me, I feel like. Okay, but all right. those episodes hook you. They really do. I think my problem for, for with me, for Mirai Nikki, is you, because you're right, the first, you're talking about it, and I'm like, do I want to go rewatch Mirai Nikki? What the <laughs> fuck are you doing to me, dude? Uh, my problem is that it, it starts to think that it's smart. Yeah. and. I like I actually you're right especially when I watched it the first time I wanted that fucking knife edge death match fucking edgy ass shit that's what I, I watched Elfin Laid a couple months later I loved Elfin Laid when I first watched it mm -hmm. um but it it fucked me when it was like all right now we're gonna get heady and then oh yeah we're gonna make fucking Yuki a badass for an episode and then the ending was just like it it went into this like existential crisis mode yeah. Where I'm like, it felt like you were pulling us out of existential crisis mode, and now we're just, like, thrown back in. None of it felt earned, but you're right. Like, as you're, you're leading up in the first couple, like, uh, encounters, I guess, fights, whatever you want to call it, like, they're, they're intense, and they're, they're fucking off the wall, and, and the diary wrinkle, like you said, is, makes it different than just a, everybody has to die until there's one person left. It's like, now mm -hmm. we have something worth writing here. Yeah, and CGI God over there is just looking really mysterious and cool. I mean, there's a this is definitely like a teenager show, like a young adult teenager show, or whatever. 
but it's still it gets you on early and i don't feel like it lets you go until maybe the halfway point i uh i have a really embarrassing story before we get off of mirai nikki okay uh, so uh i'm watching I, I i'm talking we got crunchyroll open my my currently watching on crunchyroll i'm at jd's house and his cousin walks over uh, comes over and she's like she looks at the fucking tv and she goes oh mirai nikki and this is before i realized things had japanese names and uh it was a picture of yuno gasai and i looked at her and essentially um actually to her and said um that's yuno gasai <laughs> and she goes yeah but she's on mirai nikki that's the show and i was like oh yeah that's yeah that's mirai nikki yeah future diary that's what i knew it was called so that's that's me <laughs> It would have been worse if you'd been like, um, actually, it's the future diary. <laughs> <laughs> just, I had no idea what the fuck. I'm like, what the fuck is a Mirai Niki? Get out of my house. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, that's mm, secondhand cringe. <laughs> secondhand. I'm glad. I'm usually the one feeling it, so I'm glad I can distribute some. Yeah, I got it. All right. My, my entry next is going to be uh, Girls Last Tour. Oh. I thought the beginning to Girls Last Tour was pretty damn good. Maybe it was mm -hmm. that. I think this is the first episode one. Uh, I, I, think, I think it's an anime problem. I had no fucking idea what happened at the end. So that was maybe a me issue. I've heard the manga is significantly better and more drawn out and more explanatory. But like I said earlier, I'm a slut for old civilizations who have been overgrown with, with uh, vegetation that nature has taken over and people just trying to decipher what the fuck happened. I love that. Girls Last Tour did give me that, but the first episode specifically, I thought was so interesting because it's it's a it's the moeiest moe I have ever seen. It's just the art style is so they're just little fucking blobs of of girls, you know. Mm -hmm. It's like fucking three circles. It's like a goddamn snowman for fuck's sake. And at the end of the first episode, at least I believe this was the first episode. I might be wrong. It's been a few years, but uh, we'll go with it. End of the first episode, one of the fucking two main characters pulls a gun on her supposed like best friend, her traveling companion, because of food. And she's mm. like, give me the fucking, you're going to give me that candy bar or protein bar or whatever the fuck it was. And it was so weird. It was such a, a strange vibe because it was somebody willing at least visually willing to kill somebody for food but it was so calm they were both so calm about it and it was just like that was the first episode and they mm -hmm. went on about their fucking lives and they had i mean they always had a little bit of that contentious relationship but they had beautiful touching moments with each other as the series went on but it was all built on this like this understanding of we're not in a happy bubblegum land. Like food is food. And if it comes down to one of us or the other surviving, mm -hmm. I love you, but I'll fucking put a bullet in your head. And I'm like, damn, that is a wild vibe to be putting out for a first episode. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I heard about this show, but I've never watched it. It looked like it was going to be some tank, like girls in Panzer show. It's like girls in Panzer. If girls in Panzer was sad. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, all right. I'm mildly sold on that. Yeah, less competition, less girls. Sad, but also, like, weirdly uplifting. And again, if you're at all like me and, and enjoy that that weird kind of, you know, ancient civilization sci-fi shit, it definitely gives you that. 
I don't know that it paid it off with any like information, mm. but again, I, I've heard the anime ending is way more vague than the manga. I, I'll, I'm, I'm going to add it to my plan to watch list right now because that sounds really promising. Hell yeah, dude. I'm, I'm interested to hear your thoughts because I know a lot of people really enjoy Girls Last Tour. I am not one of those people, but I do think about it from time to time, and I think it's, it, it has its merits for sure. Yeah. I mean, the premise alone sounds just interesting to me, but and also girls pulling guns out on each other. Love that. Love to see that. Yeah, dude, it comes out of nowhere too. Like it's just so unexpected. It's it's such a it's such an interesting like I just I don't even know how to fucking explain what Girls Last Tour was from just I'm, a feelings and vibe standpoint. I am looking at these character designs right now, and this looks very kind of made in abyss adjacent. And I cannot fa it looks like it would get ridiculously dark at midway through, but to hear that's kind of melancholic is kind of nice. Yeah, that's that. There it is, man. <laughs> that's just the fucking word. It is melancholic the entire way through. Like, just mm. so it's such a thick layer of melancholy, too. It doesn't really let you sit with it. It's just like everything's kind of fucking weird and sad while it hits you with a paintbrush. <laughs> Love it. Gonna check this out for sure. Thank you. Anytime, buddy. All right. And that segues me perfectly <laughs> into mine. Speaking of things that have been recommended, uh, if you're tired of hearing about uh, Free Run, um, sorry, I'm talking about it again. Um, maybe this is recency bias. Maybe, maybe. But I feel like Free Run has a great start. And I feel like it may be one of the best starts to an anime I've ever seen. It's not even, because a lot of the times, some of the things we're talking about, it's like a moment, you know, that we're, we're talking about being the start. For me, it's the whole concept of, of Free Run. Mm -hmm. And you get that at the start. It's beyond, I mean, Beyond Journey's End isn't just like a fun, quirky title. Yeah. It's genuinely like this is the story, the, the quote unquote exciting fun shit has already happened. Yeah. Now we're just kind of boofing along. Yeah, I mean, it's even got a sick, like, a sick literal translation name. I think literally translated at something like Freyron uh, Free. Free I'm going to pronounce, I don't know how to pronounce this. I'm sorry, but it's. I, I watched the dub, so I'm pronouncing it how they do, but I in English and Japanese don't mix. Nice. It's like, it's like pig and elephant DNA. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's called Freyron at the funeral, which I feel like is, you know, perfectly thing because this whole journey starts out because of the funeral that you see in the first episode. And now a lot of shows when they've got something majorly sad happen in the first episode, it feels a little bit unearned, you know, unless you really like these characters. And the fact that you get a little bit of a sample of what Freyren is about with her friends or her former uh, adventurers, you get kind of to see their dynamic where Freyren's very much the straight man and the dwarf is also there being kind of the straight man and Himmel and uh, alcoholic priests are kind of just goofing around with each other. And you kind of get a sense that these this is an adventuring party that you've seen before. And you get to know that they are, that there's a connection there. And then you get the fast forward. You see how apathetic Freyren's kind of been to everything. And then you get that sad moment where at the uh, end of first episode and the journey kind of starts. And the journey never kind of hits a low point in those first episodes. It's always consistently just an atmosphere of just, I would say I would bring in the word back kind of melancholy with it because you've got those sad little bagpipes that the show loves to put in in those first few episodes. You, you know, yeah. you know, the bagpipes oh, yeah. like the literally oh, yeah. literally sounds like you said, Mom, can we have the concerning hobbits song from Lord of the Rings? And she's like, we've got the concerning hobbits song at home and it's this. 
Um, <laughs> literally, very Lord of the Rings inspired to a degree, at least the soundtrack is. And that's cool because these first episodes, you get the, the adventure starts and it's great. It's great. And the sentimental, the sentimental attitude that this show carries in that first, those first episodes, it hasn't waned. And it's a great start. It'll get you hooked in. And I don't want to say it's recency bias because I think I'm going to, I'm going to think about this beginning for a long time because I did get really misty-eyed at the start. And every now and then, the show manages to get me misty-eyed again. And that's just in the beginning episodes, like the first six episodes. It's still, it's such a great start to an anime. Such a great start to just a piece of media in general. So, oh yeah, I mean, great stuff. And I, I'm sorry that maybe this <laughs> listener, you may be tired of us talking about this, but it's, it's good stuff. Yeah, I don't, I'm sorry if you're tired. I don't think it's going to end <laughs> anytime soon. I really don't. Because you're right. It's, um, it's this weird, like, mix of absolute comfort and, and uh, with just a dash of melancholy to make you like remember that feelings are real. Yeah. Oh, it's it's such an inch cuz I think about Freyron and I'm like nothing crazy's happened. Like yeah, well, I'm 10 episodes in. We've gotten some battles, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? We've gotten our we've gotten our fair share of fights. The Shonen Bronins are are being appeased. Right. But it's not it's not like we're building to the next fight and like to be perfectly honest, like Maybe spoilers, but Freyron's pretty fucking OP. Like, there's not, there's not like a whole lot of like, oh, she's gonna fucking die. And especially like to where I'm at at this point, I'm like, she's there's nothing that can challenge this fucking woman, and I love it. It's it's can I, if I said it was reminiscent of Mob Psycho in its kind of vibes, would that be off? I don't feel like I don't feel like it is. You never during Mob Psycho, you never think that Mob's actually going to lose. You're more concerned about the people around Mob being hurt. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, it's comfy, but it's also, it's like, it, it's touching on some real stuff that's like sad and that, mm-hmm. but it's never going to delve full way into like, we're just going to beat our heads against the fucking, against the fighting wall. But it's also never going to delve into an Evangelion-esque uh, existential crisis. It's right. just, Freyron's just kind of there. And I love that about it. Yeah, I mean, I get the it's it's definitely it's kind of comfy core mixed with you know an advent with an adventure story, and you know it's it's not that with like some dude who gets hit by a bus. So you know, there's a lot of elements in here that's it's great, it's great. Can't wait till when it finishes and we get to talk about it for like two, three hours. It's gonna be it's gonna be a long fucking episode. <laughs> it's gonna be a long episode. <laughs> we might skip the check in for that episode. Just uh, you know, for, here's for my reasons. check. <laughs> Here's my check-in. I think this show kicks ass. Hope it doesn't shit the bed at the end. But yeah, that's that's my next my next one has been Freyron. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, I'm well, whether it's recency bias or not, I don't care. I'm on I'm on that vibe with you. So my next entry is an anime that I personally, even though I think it's actually gotten better, I miss the trashiness of it. And I have kind of fallen off in recent seasons, but it is ReZero. Huh. Okay. So again, another anime. A lot of these are kind of Genesis anime for me. We got Soul Eater. We have uh, even one that you brought up, Mirai Nikki. Uh, fucking ReZero was, I think, the anime I watched before or after Mirai Nikki. So it's in like the first five, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I, so I, Matt, I don't know your experience with ReZero. Like, have you, have you fucked around with it at all? See, ReZero was one of my, uh, it, it was also kind of one of my first anime or whatever. Like, it was in my first, I'd say my first hundred. 
but I didn't finish it. I got to the point where things happened to Rem. Oh, okay. And I said, hmm, I'm kind of, I was kind of like, my girl, I don't know how I feel about this. Is she, is she you know, I, so I kind of dropped off when they were looking for the white, like doing the white whale stuff. Yeah, so I I've got you, never got you. finished it, and I need to because I didn't hate what I was watching. Yeah, we even, I mean, way back in the day, JD and I made an episode titled ReZero Doesn't Suck. We were fanboys. We were fully bought in, 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And for me, I, the first episode hooked the shit out of me, and I think, I don't think it was really super, like, cheap. I think it was, I think it genuinely stands on its own as a pretty fucking, a pretty wild first episode. Uh, granted, the end of the first episode is really what, what kind of, changes everything but mm-hmm. it, it's it's isekai you you know you've seen the beginning but for anybody who doesn't know uh just it, stock standard isekai dude's walking home from the store he fucking warps into this fantasy land except it's kind of metagaming he knows he's in an isekai so he's walking around like when do i get my powers hurt to dirt he fucking finds the fucking pretty elf princess they go along they're they're just having their little adventure they're gonna know each other whatever end of the first episode they both get fucking murdered by an unseen assailant and he wakes up in the spot where he was originally isekai'd and then going into i believe the second episode he finds the pretty elf girl again and she doesn't know who the fuck he is so you get this intense um edgy ass like the main character fucking died everybody fucking died at the end isn't that cool you get that and then you get the mystery of like why doesn't anybody remember him? What's going on? You find out pretty quickly it's a little time loop. Mm. But this was my first time loop anime. So I was mm. like, this is so cool. This is so unique. I don't know what Groundhog's Day is, but I know somebody <laughs> didn't die at the end of it. <laughs> oh, ooh, ooh, can, I have a, just, can I have just a smile spoiler about ReZero real quick? Yeah. Does that hot assassin lady ever come back? Uh, actually, yes. Yes, she All does. All right. She All... is uh, fairly, pro- relatively prominently featured in the second season at least one point um and she's just as hot and, and crazy as ever all right let's go bros we are watching re-zero again i remember telling that the jd i'm like you know what the bowel lady's pretty hot and he's like dude i'm like i just i don't know man she is though she is you can't tell somebody who can take me away from life hot hot yeah like she says that she can do it painlessly or with a bunch of pain so it's like well i guess i gotta play my cards right because uh <laughs> i'm trying to get out of here quick <laughs> quick and easy that's the that's the way that's the way granddad went and that's how we're going to yeah fuck yeah but um just as far as like those those kind of mid 2010s anime that came out that was like we're gonna we're gonna do the edge but we're gonna do it with a pretty coat of paint i thought ReZero did it pretty damn well i was hooked from the beginning i i it's it's one of those anime that has slowly but surely left me less hooked, and I think it's because genuinely it is getting less and less trashy and actually like focusing on world building and stuff. And I'm like, I want my hot blue maid, get her back. Well, I don't know where the fuck she is. I haven't seen a <laughs> panty shot in like ten episodes. The fuck is this about? <laughs> no, but I mean that's it's a, that's a viable reason though. Like if you if you go in for trash and then suddenly it's like, well, actually, the founding fathers of this fantasy world are the Umbridge triage, which you know it's like I don't care. Yeah, so no, I get what you're saying. That's the fucked up thing though. I went in and I was like, I want them to do the world building. I want them to expand on all this cool stuff they were doing. And when they started doing that, I was like, 
yeah, I made a mistake. Can I have the other stuff back? Yeah, I get you, though. That's ReZero. Uh, I think it had a pretty goddamn good start. My next one had a, had a start that was betraying what the show would actually be about, but it makes it so much better, and I love the way it starts when it finally hits to the real thing. And my next, uh, my next anime is uh, Madoka. I thought about putting Madoka, but mm-hmm. I didn't for the obvious reasons, but I want, I want to hear your reasoning. So, as you, if you've seen uh, Pueli Magi Madoka Magica, I love saying that name. <laughs> one, one episode, the best anime names to say out loud, that'll be my number one. Because, <laughs> uh, like, just, oh, it's so fun to say. Anyways, beside the point. So, as you may or may not know, the first three episodes of Madoka, well, the first two and three quarters episodes of Madoka are a lie. <laughs> <laughs> you go in, this is seeing like a bog stand. You don't know that Gen Urobuchi is chilling out behind the scenes writing this. You just are thinking you're watching a magical girl anime. And I actually fell for this trick because one of my friends, this was like one of my first 50 anime. And one of my friends was like, yeah, you like Sailor Moon. Here's a modern Sailor Moon for you. And oh, they no. rubbed their hands going, <laughs> get fucked, homie. And I fell for the bait. I really did. I didn't know anything about the show. I was ignorant to anime at the time. So... I went in the first episode, you know, it's kind of plain and all that. It's, you know, Madoka just, you know, you got Homura over there being edgy, but every magical girl team has got a them. cat bunny. <laughs> yeah. And you're just like, she's the bad guy. She's the evil. She's the evil magical girl. Because, you know, some magical girl shows have that, you know, like you got the edgy one from pre heart. Uh, what is it? Heart, heart catch precure. I don't know. It's been a minute since I've watched that one. But you got the edgy girl and you think this is just her being evil. And you think this just could be kind of maybe a, a, a small scale magical girl show. And that's what I thought. And then episode three happens and mommy finds out that her head is detachable. <laughs> In a very creepy way, the, the giant, the thing eating her face is so handled in, in a, I want to say classy way. You don't see it biting off. You don't see the bloody stump. You just see it do it. And the camera kind of gives you a position where you're not seeing the full thing. And it's really handled well. And that's the moment that everything changes. Like the ED becomes this darker scale ED. But those first episodes making me think that this was just going to be a magical girl show with, you know, a a good production value. And it was going to be just small scale. And it's going to be about Madoka learning to be a magical girl. And then that happening and putting me in that, that, that sense of discomfort. Love that. Love how they handled those first three episodes. Now, granted, it has been maybe I'd say two two years since I've watched Madoka again, so maybe I'm missing out on some of the finer points, but I still can remember those first episodes just being so unlike what the rest of the show was, and it working in the show's favor in such a great way. The show pulling out the the rug underneath you, I love that. I love the fact that it did that. I love how, if you don't know, you will be put in a set of uncomfort. discomfort. And now you won't won't be put in that set, because you just heard me tell you that it's going to be like that, but... You know, uh, so I just think that's a great start to an anime is when the anime can kind of set aside what it's going to be about and then trick you. I love being tricked. I love being hoodwinked. I love being made a fool of. It's just routine at this point. Dude, I'm right there with you. I have two things I want to say. One, if uh, and this is for anybody listening, if you want that unbelievably deep breakdown of Madoka, uh, go to goddessalali.com or youtube.com slash clear and sweet. A uh, friend of the show, Kai, does some amazing breakdowns on Magical Girl stuff, has a billion video 
long playlist of frame by frame breaking down Madoka Magica. So it is out there if you're like, well, I want somebody who does know that knowledge, that their friend, go check it out. Um, second of all, I am so jealous of you, Matt, that you were able to experience what I don't think any anime fan will ever be able to experience again, mm. which is being surprised by Madoka Magica. I, I mean, I, it happened at the perfect time for me, because as I said in the last episode, I was so out of anime for several years of my life, and I came back in, and I was just, I had a vicious hunger for anime, and people were throwing wrecks at me, and I was picking them up and eating them, and going on to the next one, and so I wasn't in that culture, you know, I wasn't in the internet, on the internet, looking up anime and having anime discussions, I was just taking what I got and watching it, so getting Madoka having this experience with Sailor Moon and that that being that and going into it, I didn't know. So it was an actual shock for me. It really was. And I should have known because the friend who recommended it to me is a complete asshole. <laughs> at the time, I didn't know how big the assholery was. So, you know. I just, I think it's cool because me having a mildly similar story except my rex came from the internet google was the only person recommending anime to me mm -hmm. so having to look up you know what's a and again if you couldn't tell it sounds like we were both on that we need more edge vibe so mm -hmm. i was looking for all the dark shit you know i was looking up like anime like berserk mm -hmm. um and you you read about madoka and the the, the the internet has given up trying not to spoil it. You know, it's like it's a it's a subversion of a magical girl show. It's a dark magical girl show. Mm. So I was just sitting there going, when is it going to get dark? But like, fuck, man, if I could if I could place myself into your shoes and get that experience, I probably I'd probably give up a few years of my life for that. Genuinely, it's it's a very uncomfortable feeling when that happens. I like that. I like that fucked up. I like being uncomfortable because of media, though. That's something that's some another thing I'll soak up on the floor of Arby's. <laughs> the Arby's is like, oh, he's back again. <laughs> the, the fucking guy walks into the bathroom. He's like, dude, do you want a cup? I'll just give you a cup. Like, you can just have a drink. It's like, you don't have to slick it off the floor. And you're just like, no, no, no. This is my culture. <laughs> don't don't offend me. <laughs> I, I, I'd rather you not. But yeah, no. I'm glad I'm glad I got to experience it that way, too, because like you said, so many people don't get that. But it's a great end. It's a great start to the show uh, when the rug is pulled. It's kind of like a bigger scale um, a Promised Neverland, really. Yeah. Yeah. Especially because you get a few episodes in before it gets you. It's not a first episode like now we're on the track. It, it really lulls you into that false sense of security. Mm hmm. Now, you mentioned this. I, I don't know if this was just a passing thing, but. Did you say that again? Or was that legit that Urubuchi literally didn't have his name on anything until that episode came out? Um, I I don't think so. I I'm more saying I was more saying like if you know about Urubuchi or his work, yeah, then you know what he's about, and that's edgy shit. And I think I think that might have been what happened is that he didn't have his name on it. That's why I ask, because I, I, that sounds like something somebody has told me before. Because again, you're right. If you know Genorobuchi's on something, you're, you're probably not... I don't know. Maybe this was before he was super, super big. I, well, no, he already did Fate Zero. Anyway, this, is, this discussion's getting off topic. Madoka Magicus, great start. Um, let me see. I, can, I, have, I, have, I have my sources. I'm not seeing anything to confirm that real quickly, but... 
I think that's something I read or heard somewhere in a con. And that would make sense because, you know, like like we said, if you saw, if you knew what he had done, you would be like, oh, this dude's about to have everybody murdered. Yeah. Um, yeah, because at the point, yeah, at this point he had already done Fate Zero, or at least he had written the the book for Fate Zero, and he had done, like, he had handled stuff like uh, the light novels for Black Lagoon and all that. Um, I think this is like his third, ma- no, the Fate Zero anime came after Magica, uh, Madoka. Oh, did it? Yeah, uh, as far as anime series go, before that he had just done like this one anime I'd never heard of in Phantom, Requiem oh, for the okay. Phantom. Word, word. Well, speaking Anyways. of Gen Urubuchi, uh, my, my next anime on my list is a Booch production. We're talking about Psychopaths. <laughs> we get the Booch up in here. The Booch up in here. Um, oh, man. Uh, I'm a big fan of Gen Urubuchi, at least what I have seen, everything but Bubble. And I don't even know what his actual, like, influence on Bubble was. Everything else I've seen of Gen Urubuchi is fucking outstanding. Psychopaths was an amazing first episode. The whole first season was really, really good. But we'll just stick to the first episode because that really sticks out to me. Mm-hmm. You get a full, full idea of how this society works. Mm-hmm. You don't have really any questions and anything that you do have questioned will be revealed to you as the show goes on. But everything that you need to know to get through the fucking door is in that first episode. You get a little quiet moment with, uh, I cannot remember the main character's first name, but you get a little quiet moment with the main character talking about like what she wants to do, fucking shit. You get her in her job as a a cop. I can't remember. Um, I think one of them's in the Enforcer, and I think that's the the tough guys of the group either way you get you get the run through you see a fucking case you see the fucking i need to look this up because i cannot remember anybody's name and this is killing me i psychopath is also on my i need to watch it but haven't gotten around to it list all right yeah kogami kogami shinya he is the dude he's kind of like the the main character the rabid dog i think they call him you get to see like every aspect of this society and how this policing works um if if just a quick little synopsis uh psychopaths is this kind of cyberpunk society where uh if you've ever seen the movie minority report like the same basic premise people through like uh brain waves and and like body like the way your body reacts to stuff uh the government can tell quote unquote tell if you are about to commit a crime they can and they what they do is they apprehend you and lock you up before you can commit that crime mm-hmm. and for people like me and you Matt who have anxiety we would immediately be thrown in jail <laughs> like we would just we people would see us having a bad day having a panic attack and be like this guy's about to kill somebody get him <laughs> and then we panic and run away and get shot it it would be bad it would okay. all be bad so you get this fucking beautiful painting of like how this system works and immediately like there's flaws the first episode ends with kogame as the enforcer ready to kill this woman because she was just held at fucking knife point and now she is losing her mind because of the traumatic experience that she was just put through and everything in the Sybil system says that this woman is a danger to society this man's about to put her the fuck down and the main character, the actual main character, Akane, uh, the, the, the safe cop, I guess, the one that isn't under the, 
under the fucking the thumb of the civil system and can kind of act freely, she paralyzes this dude. She shoots him with essentially a taser gun. Kogame, that is, because she sees that this this poor woman is is in a bad spot. She's not a fucked up person. Uh, she's not going to go and immediately start killing people. She has just been like had her life threatened, and this is a normal human reaction. So in just in the first episode, you get a very intense kind of like cop and robber situation. You get the idea of like what this civil system, what the society is built on, and you immediately get our our heroine stepping up and saying that there are flaws in the she, not like trying to right the flaws, but taking an individual act to stop a flaw of the system sitting right in front of her. It wasn't mm. going to go back and, and reform anything, but she saw something wrong and she chose not to do it, which definitely laid the groundwork for kind of her mindset going through at least the rest of the first season mm. and subsequently changing this guy who literally is called the rabid dog, tells people I'm a rabid dog. I'm not, I'm not good for anything but being an enforcer and blindly following this system where he is being oppressed by and he completely flips his script after that moment and is like, maybe I've been looking at this the wrong way, and maybe I do have actual morals. I think it's a great first episode. I think it, it's a really good first season, but that first episode, as far as, like, we're gonna, we're gonna hook you and we're gonna give you an idea of what the fuck this is, as far as a show goes, mm-hmm. just A+. plus. All right, two notes. First note. Okay. I wish I could just decide my last name like that, or not my last name, but my nickname like that. Just be like, yeah, I'm a mad dog. That's why they call me Maddie Mad Dog. <laughs> I don't know if he, like, came up with the nickname, but that's that was kind of his moniker, and he was like, yeah, that's me. I'm the rabid dog. I'm a piece of shit. Uh, okay. Uh, well, secondly, I, I have now devised I am going to make anime kombucha, and I'm going to call it... <laughs> Gein Kombucha. Or a Bucha. <laughs> and um so it's gonna be sweet when you first taste it and it's gonna be really sour or it might have a bullet in it i haven't decided yet okay or or uh, for like the fate zero uh flavor it needs to just choke you halfway through the fucking <laughs> 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 It's basically it says something like if you disable people will be knocked right out of their chair with this bait zero flavor. It's not even like an ingredient. A guy just shows up to everybody's house who's bought one and starts violently choking them. Oh gosh, gosh, that's fucking all right. That took me out. That I did not see that coming. That's hilarious. <laughs> uh yeah, I need to watch the show. I'm gonna I I might watch the show. I love cyberpunk stuff. I love um I, it sounds like it's gonna be dark, and I love dark things. It's dark as fuck. The villain is probably one of the best villains I've ever seen in anime, and the gun that they use is a supporting character, according to Mal. Oh. <laughs> so, like, take the, all that for what it is. What's your favorite character from Psychopaths? The gun? <laughs> yeah, the Dominator. Jesus, it does have its own thing on Mal. That's funny. Oh, it has, like, it's literally, there's a voice actor attributed to it that got the fucking gun talks shit. Not really, but it's like, you know, a fucking, it, it has, like, voice lines. It's crazy. It's good. Damn, that's hilarious. I love that. Yeah, I'm gonna add this to my watch list. I'm gonna give this a shot eventually. Hell yeah. All right. Uh, my next one, and this may be a little bit of, I don't know if this is obscure or not. I don't think it is. 
Uh, but my next best beginnings in anime, uh, anime is uh, those Snow White notes are Mashiro no Uta. Or Ota, I forget what its Japanese name is. It doesn't matter. Anyway, it's called those Snow White notes. This show I thought was going to be my absolute be- favorite show of the year it came out. I think it was 2021. Um, it was a really interesting premise. It was basically about this, this like, Artur who plays the... Sh- I always mispronounce this, the name of this instrument, and then people bully for me. Is it the Shamisen? Shamisen? Whichever one is right, that's the one I said. Yeah, I, I'm not even going to try to do that one. Right. Okay, fair enough. I know some people were, like, making fun of me for mispronouncing it, and uh, so I don't want to be bullied again. I'm very sensitive. <laughs> but anyways. Yeah, so this, start, this show started off being, like, a really interesting sort of look at this, what it means to have a passion for your hobby what it means to have a hobby that you're kind of growing disgusted with or kind of growing exhausted with. And I love those first episodes because it kind of talks about this. It kind of shows this main character and like his relationship with his family. Who's kind of like having these expectations. There's so much to this show when it started, like it was about your family and their expectations of you, what it means to be into your hobby and have it like just grow on you into a way where you just don't want to be involved with it anymore. There were so many things about it that I loved that I really thought it was, I really related to. And those first episodes were really cool. There was a scene where they're playing like, the ja- I'm calling it the Japanese guitar. I know that sounds ignorant as fuck. <laughs> uh, where they're playing the J guitar in the, um, in the graveyard, kind of honoring, their, uh, honoring some of their family. It was a really great start to an anime. I was really hyped on it. It seemed like it was going to have that perfect blend of sentimentality and melancholy that I love when anime kind of have. So those first few episodes I really loved. I really liked the main character. I thought he was interesting and about how he was kind of burned out in a way. I think his name was Setsu. I think it was Setsu. I'm going to say it's Setsu. That's his name now. (laughs) There's so much about the show because I love shows that are kind of going slower or or on that slow, that slow side. And I thought it was, it was really setting up to be a great, to be a great show with those first few episodes. And then it had a tournament arc. Oh, uh, where they played the fuck, where they played this instrument, and then I did not really vibe with it anymore. All right, <laughs> fucking tournament arc out of nowhere. I, I like it, but that's a me thing. <laughs> well, it was that suddenly they became all about the competition of playing this instrument, and I was just going, "Why are we doing this?" I thought we were learning about ourselves, and I get we're learning about ourselves as we play it, but I don't feel like I would have rather we not. And, uh, yeah, then it just kind of just stopped. The show just stopped. Didn't, ah, but that's beside the point. The point here being is that the first, the beginning of it was really setting its anime up to be a darker, a sort of darker take, sort of more of a dramatic take on, um, your hobbies, your interests and what it means to be, um, what it means to your family and all that. Really love the way it started. Hate it. Didn't kind of lost its groove towards the end. But those first few episodes were amazing. I loved the scenes where they're actually playing the instrument that I'm scared to say the name of loved everything about it. It really set me up to think that this was going to be kind of in the vein of a um, more just a slower scale K on or a slower scale sort of sound euphonium. Like there was some things going on in here that were going to be a lot more, uh, a lot more somber and it did not become that, but those episodes had me really hooked when it first started really had me hooked thought it was a great entry and i'm not saying that it's bad show it was bad for me other people can probably take away a lot more from it than i could because the moment it became a let's play this instrument and drop this whole somber tone uh, explicitly and that's when it lost me 
Sure. But maybe somebody could could really vibe with the pseudo tournament arc of them playing the Seamus and Shamasen. But yeah, that's mine. That's mine. I don't I'm I don't have that much to say, but outside of just I remember it hitting so hard in the beginning for me, and I thought it was such a great beginning just to kind of flop in the later half for me. But Mashiro no Oto, I think, uh, go check that out, I guess, if you're kind of feeling that vibe. I don't know. Okay, yeah, if you like somber things that turn into tournament arcs, go for it. <laughs> Absolutely. that It's there It's there for you. It's there. Uh, I've got one more on my All list. Right. Me too. And I... This one might be cheating. Okay. But I'm going to do it anyway, because it's technically the start of a season or what uh, fans of the show call a part. It's uh, JoJo's Part 5 Golden Wind. Okay. Yeah. I, while I think all the JoJo's parts have actually really good beginnings, um, even Part 1, I'll fucking, I'll fight you. Bring it on, bitches. Um, <laughs> I, th- I think Part 5 is my favorite beginning, and it's for one simple fact. And I get the the facade is dropped very quickly, but it's the one time where you don't know for sure that this season's JoJo is a fucking good guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have Koichi and Jotaro talking about the son of Dio, and they're going to Italy to find out if this guy is something to worry about. You see him really not be a good guy in the first episode, you know? Uh, Giorno doesn't do anything that's overwhelmingly positive. He's not, he doesn't have that uh, Joestar, like, fucking heroism to him. In fact, he kills a mobster, uh, which, not the worst, not the worst person to kill, I guess, but still, he fucking murders a guy in broad daylight in the first episode. So, even though I knew... Even though I had picked up JoJo's Golden Wind two years after it fucking the anime premiered, and God knows how long after the manga, I still kind of felt that vibe. I think it was done well enough to even, even for me, knowing I, I still had that hesitation of like, truly, how much of Dio is in in Giorno? Like, mm-hmm. how evil, how much capacity of evil does this man have? And, I mean, flashing forward, he definitely, I wouldn't say capacity for evil, but he definitely is his daddy's son. (laughs) Put it that way. He's a bad motherfucker when he needs to be. He just, luckily for every one of the good guys, he chooses to fuck up the most evil people in in Italy, at least. I don't know. So, I, I love the little subversions. It's kind of the same idea as, like, Madoka Magica, although... I'm not going to try to pretend it's it's quite as a quite as powerful and it, it a little bit of the opposite, you know, whereas Madoka is comfy and goes into dark. I think JoJo's is more like, hey, this could be really bad and it turns out to be more of a good thing, but I just it, it really sticks out to me that Araki was able to take a fucking shonen jump series that we all know that the good guy is the main character and at least from my perspective do everything that he fucking could to make the reader question, is Giorno actually a good guy? Because we all know his dad's an evil piece of shit, and he's, you know, he looks a lot like him. I'm not willing to trust him until episode two. Yeah, uh, Giorno does just regularly fuck up people on the to the extreme. Yeah, he doesn't have, like, he's, he's not a, you know, you want to talk about so much of the JoJo's being like Mary Sue's or whatever, fine, that's not Giorno. Jorno mm-hmm. will fucking rip your penis off and beat you to death with it because you took his parking space. 
Yeah, and he'll use uh, he'll use Golden Wind to like turn your penis into like a butterfly and make you chase it. Oh my god, that's way worse than what I thought. Oh, well, I mean, <laughs> hey, <laughs> that's Jorno for you. It's it's in the spectrum of things he might do. Yeah, I mean, I I know how I know how the Golden Wind ends, and I was just like, the dude was just selling drugs. <laughs> Good lord. <laughs> I mean, I, so this, I guess, mild, tiny spoilers, but it's, it's very early on in JoJo's. I think maybe even early enough to where, yeah, you've, you definitely, you had seen it. The, yeah. Remember the big motherfucker in jail, Popo? Yeah. That, when he fucking changes his banana, in, or changes a gun into a banana and then has it change back into a gun and makes Popo shoot himself in the head? Unfucking believable Like, cunning. It's just, that's not something that even, like, a Jotaro would have done that's the kind that's why Jorno's like what he's it's him and joseph are just like beating the shit out of each other for my favorite jojos i mean J- joseph J- i mean that's just wild to me like that's jonathan jonathan is screaming in heaven oh jonathan is not happy he is not happy about Jorno's choices but he is happy that he stop i mean he's a mafioso i guess at some point but like he stops doing i don't know there's a lot jonathan has a lot of therapy to do in the afterlife absolutely i mean joseph probably already did a lot probably triggered a lot of that stuff too (laughs) literally just being like i think i'll cheat on my wife right now (laughs) joseph's looking for jorno like hey uh can i get a dime i I just (laughs) i'm really old man like at this point who cares like can i just get a little bit Oh man, I I need to finish that. Yeah, you know, I I'll keep my JoJo's fanboy to a minimum. But yeah, Matt, you fucking do. It's the best okay, show ever. Jesus. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just think about going back to that fight, and I'm like, if I have to see another man be brutally dismembered and the whole screen be black, I just don't know what I'm gonna do about it. Yeah, part five does get a little brutal. You you notice why later on he's like, all right, we're moving to to the other sh- to the bigger jump manga. For the big yeah. boys. They're like, yeah, I don't think this is a, I don't think this is for young boys. I think this is for more like young men who think they're young boys. <laughs> 100%. But yeah, that's my final entry, JoJo's Part 5 Golden Wind specifically. Okay, that's a good, that's a good ending. That's good. I mean, I put Part 4 as, on my list as exclusively the only JoJo for my top 30, so. Why shouldn't you? We can do whatever we want. It's our podcast. I edit the show. Yeah, I can just say slurs right now and they'll be edited out. I'm not going to because I think slurs are wrong, but I'm just saying I could. You don't know. Maybe he maybe he already did. And it was he edited didn't. out. He didn't, but maybe he'd, you'll never know. You don't know what goes on back here. You don't. Yeah, don't look at the curtain behind the curtain. There could be. It's just wild over here. And speaking of things that are wild, my last I'd segue shit too much. All right. My last show sure. is Konosuba. Oh, shit. OK. OK, so. I am not the hugest Konosuba fan, but I love what Konosuba's doing out here. And those first episodes, those first episodes are hilarious. And I, you can win me over with humor way more than you can with a good fight. And Konosuba absolutely does that. From the first episode being just, you know, Kazuma <laughs> pushing this girl out of the way of what he thinks is a car and it's a tractor. And it, he killed himself by doing that and having like a heart attack and then peeing himself. And then there's so many things that are layered in those first few episodes where you get to see the dynamic of this group. And they're so fun to watch. It's such a fun show to watch. 
and I I love the way the first episode sets up that this is gonna this isn't gonna be your typical fantasy adventure. This isn't gonna be you know this isn't gonna be just Kazuma constantly has his power fantasy out on display. It is Kazuma's constantly getting shit on. He is constantly getting the rough end. He is getting party members who are the highest class but absolutely useless in every single way. And it's such a fun setup to the show. You know, from the very first, like, the, the frog thing. I think the frog thing is hilarious. It's, it's just such a fun show. The cabbages, the cabbage shows up, shows up in, like, the first three episodes. And oh, that's yeah, such a... the evil, the cabbages they had to kill or whatever, right? Yeah. Holy fuck. <laughs> and then right after that, they get introduced to, like, the first devil king general or whatever. And it's this big thing that everybody's like, oh. The Devil King's general shows up here. Why is he? What does he want from us? And he's just shows up going like, "Who the fuck's been blowing up my castle?" That is the funniest moment in Konosuba, as far as I'm concerned. I thought mm. that was the way he just breaks down emotionally as he's complaining about it. Mm-hmm. A plus, peak baby. So much of it's funny though, because it's just so not serious. He casts a curse on darkness, and he's just she'll die soon. And then Aqua immediately heals it. It's literally. <laughs> taking every single story beat that would happen if this was played straight and then subverting it immediately. And it shows you immediately that that's what that's going to be happening in the show with Kazuma getting, having no ability, his highest stat just being his luck. There's so many things that Konosuba does in those first few episodes that are just mocking other, mocking other isekai stories. And I love that. I'm not a big fan of the genre, but I I've I've fuck around with some Konosuba because it's just mocking the genre as a whole while also being the very thing it's mocking, and I love that. Yeah, yeah. It's looking. It's it's putting the clown makeup on, looking in the mirror, and going, "I know what I am." <laughs> and in all the fairness, the first episodes bounced off me so hard. Well, or when I first watched this, this was one of the first my first fifty one hundred anime, and I didn't. I thought it was too much, too much of mockery. You know, I didn't think it was playing itself. I didn't think it was playing itself serious enough. But now, when I rewatched it, maybe you know, two hundred anime later, and I came back to it, having seen Isekai, where this kind of thing was the norm, where we've got this blank slate character who's just, just like I'm a nice guy, and I want the world to go. I want to help this world and help defeat the demon lord. And then you've got Cosmo over here who's just an absolute shitpost of a human being. It's refreshing. And those first episodes, they'll, if you, I think even if you don't know that it's making fun of other anime, you can probably get a good time out of it. Past Matt was just being a fucking elitist prick about the shit and being like, oh, this storytelling sucks ass. Even though he didn't know what the fuck storytelling was. <laughs> We've you know? all been there, dude. We've all been there. Absolutely. So, and yeah. So Konosuba didn't hit with me that first time. It didn't resonate in the way that it does now, where I see it's just such a... Those first few episodes are just leaning so hard into making fun of this genre. And I love that. I love what those first episodes do to set this world up and set the story up. And I cannot wait for season three. I haven't seen the the Megumi spinoff or whatever, but I'm a... Not a hot take. I don't really care that much about Megumi. Okay. All right. Dama Darkness fellow myself. I <sighs> I just I can't get enough of her her fucking sadomasochist whatever the hell vibe she's got going on. I love it. I me too. I'm a darkness bro as well. All right, there we yeah, go. Here darkness we go. gang rise up. <laughs> Hurt myself gang. 
<laughs> yeah, no. So I, I'm more darkness too. So I didn't really I've not seen the Mega Wing one because I just don't care. I mean, like, yeah, she fires off one single spell. Such a fun, so funny. <laughs> I I don't hate Mega Me. I don't but, either. Uh, I I I get you. I'm not. I I'm not a. I some people really fucking like her. I'm not one of those people. There are people who will like if you say shit about Mega Moon, they've already got I've or, there's already an army outside of my house when this episode dropped, I assure you. Oh because yeah. Some people she doesn't have shooters out here. She's got like genociders, like people who'll wipe your family off the earth for saying things about her, and I don't get it. She's cute. I don't think she's funny. I don't think she uh I'm not gonna watch that uh spinoff. Well, you know what, that's a lie, I probably will. I'm sure there will be a day. I like Noon Noon. She's pretty cool. I do too. She's pretty cool. Um, yeah, I mean, I was definitely in the boat when the, the movie came out. I saw it in theaters and I was like, this is the best <laughs> this movies. Why does this movie fuck so hard? You know, I don't think I've actually seen the Konosuba movie. Really? Yeah, we, uh, I think we actually got, um, a couple people were a little disappointed when we did our Konosuba review way back in the day because we hadn't watched the mm. movie. Um, yeah, I, I'm so lukewarm on Konosuba. It's like, I, you put it on. And I'll watch it, and I'll yeah. enjoy it. But there are very few, like, absolutely funny moments. I genuinely enjoyed the... I, I'm willing to say it. I enjoyed the trash that Konosuba was giving me. Like, mm-hmm. the, uh, the whole succubus arc where he's, like... He thinks that he's in a dream and is about to have fucking sex with yeah. one of his... I can't remember which party member, but it's, like... Darkness. Yeah! I thought that was, like... I. I I eat that shit up. That's my guilty pleasure kind of stuff, you know, mm. funny sexual situations where it's like, oh, they might actually do something, even though I know they're not. So that's the kind of stuff that I really came off liking about Konosuba. I thought the comedy, most of it was like pretty good. Uh, but yeah, I, uh, I'm, I, I don't know. I don't know. I guess I'm kind of on your vibe with that, where it's like not the hugest Konosuba fan in the world, but mm. nothing it did was like bad it's just not 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 made specifically for earthworm yeah no and i totally picked that up because i picked that up because i wasn't for me when i first saw it either it was also this thing where they literally just introduced uh wiz or whatever and they were just yeah we met wiz before and i hate when shows do that where there are adventures i don't get to see that's the that pisses me off i don't know why it pisses me off super annoying i forgot about that until now and i Mm. guess i always attributed it to wow i uh i must have missed something but that's, that's that's how I felt too when that episode happened. Where you remember Wiz, we met Wiz, and I said, "No, this isn't like you. You're not strolling up in here and saying like this is this is my boy. This is this is my this is mommy's boyfriend. You've met him before." And I'm like, "I have not met mommy's boyfriend before." Oh uh, yeah, Cheris. <laughs> you were there at my uh, bar mitts. Uh, birthday, Holimus, Christmo. Uh, cool guy, <laughs> I guess. Thank you for the birthday card. I don't know. Again, I, I, I'm, I, the, I've messed with. Uh, sorry for, sorry for stuttering a lot. I don't know why I stutter when I talk about Konosuba. Maybe I'm nervous. That that's <laughs> gonna be the thing that uh, that's when the sniper's bullet's gonna hit my head. But yeah, I, I, I like Konosuba. In those first episodes, like I bring it all back, they got me hooked into this world and maybe want to see more of it. Uh, but you know, that's my that's that's what the takeaway is, I guess. There it is. There it is. Hell yeah. There oh, yeah. it is. That is our 
lists for the best beginnings in anime. Anime that we thought had a strong start. Whether or not they tapered off at the end, eh, who knows? But uh, now we want to hear from you. Join the Discord, hit us up on Instagram or Twitter. Let us know what uh, what are some anime that had you hooked from the beginning, even if maybe they they kind of sucked halfway through. But tell us, the, the those best first episodes, those best fucking few chunks, we want to know, because I'm sure, obviously, uh, Matt and I haven't watched everything. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, now it's time. We want to hear from you. Absolutely. And if you ever want to just hop in the Discord and say, hey, you should watch this, Maddie. I love getting recommendations. I love when people tell me what to watch because I can't decide on it. And I'm sure that Earthworm would appreciate it, too, as long as it's not completely CG. As long as it's not One Piece. That's oh, like, well, that's I just, I got so tired of people being like, honestly, dude, if you just dedicated two hours a day <laughs> a for day. the next six years of your life and didn't shit any, any time during that day, it's like, all right, dude, I get it. I, I have the time. I don't want to dedicate it. But how many times have I come up to you and been like, you've been like, I want to watch something. I've been like, B-Stars. And you go, hmm, mm, it's happened. It's happened twice, but I won't forget that it happened twice. I like to think I've evolved a little bit as a as an enjoyer of animation and can can look past the potential faults of CGI anime. I liked Chainsaw Man. All right. You've heard it here, folks. Next week, we're talking about B-Stars. Fuck! <laughs> no, absolutely not. But. Uh, no, I, I, we would appreciate it if you hung out with us, talked with us, just said, hey, it's a pretty cool podcast, you know, whatever. Yeah, absolutely. Hang out, continue the conversation, and uh, constructive criticism is always welcome. Me and Maddie are still definitely finding our vibe, but uh, I, I hope you guys enjoy it. I know it's definitely different than, than what me and JD had, but I mean, shit, you would have never, if you would have had to hear JD pronounce Shamasen... It would have been way worse. It would have given you a fucking aneurysm. So just think, all good things. Uh, I mean, hey, we, going back, criticism's welcome, unless the criticism is me and that I'm not JD. That's not valid criticism, although it is also valid criticism. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you again for this is my second episode. It's been so much fun to do this. I'm Thank you, Earthworm, for having me again. Of course, of course. Hopefully you continue to show up. Um, you know, I, I get it, you know, but... Well, well, we should we should be continuing this vibe on next week. Um, yeah, until then, I, I think uh, I think we got everything. I've been Earthworm, and I've been Matt, and we've been the Anime Brothers Podcast. Peace out, everybody. Hell yeah. <laughs>